0: in the summer so I thought why not build a little staff morale and since everyone loves the Olympics I had a real idea for this summer how about an office Olympics it's gonna be awesome this could be some fun I'm keeping an open mind on this I'm not really sure what to think this is not gonna go well So awesome! Every Olympics needs an opening ceremony. I think it's important to get things started off right. Is this good for the torch? No, real flame, real fire. So Jim had us gather for the opening ceremonies. I wasn't sure what to expect. All right, let's get this started. Don't they usually have music at the Olympics? All right, who forgot the music? We'll just have to play it ourselves da I hereby declare the first Messiah Office Olympic Games open Is that pumpkin spice
1: What are we supposed to do?
0: Maybe it means, do I really have to do this? Maybe it means broken ankles. Maybe it means lawsuit waiting to happen.
1: Nope. Those boxes were really heavy. So heavy. So Pastor Jim is from Texas. We had to break it to him that Texas isn't a country. There we go, all right, thanks. All right, hey, there you have it. Uh, You have just witnessed part one of a six-part series. That's right, six-week special, uh, the Messiah Office Olympics. Uh, Let the games begin, the thrill of victory, the agony of defeat, and all that. Yes, yes, it's true, those boxes really were heavy. Um, The Messiah Office Olympics are really a big deal, at least Pastor Jim thinks so. And so uh, good morning to you, God's blessings to you in Jesus Christ the Lord, and we turn our hearts to God's word. St. Paul writes in Philippians chapter 3, I want to know Christ and the power of his resurrection and the fellowship of sharing in his sufferings, becoming like him in his death, and so somehow to attain the resurrection from the dead. Not that I have already obtained this or have already been made perfect, but I press on to take hold of that for which Christ Jesus took hold of me. Brothers, I do not consider myself yet to have taken hold of it, but one thing I do, here it is, forgetting what is behind and straining toward what is ahead, I press on toward the goal to win the prize for which Christ, or God has called me heavenward in Christ Jesus. This is God's word. So have you caught the fever yet? Probably not. The legitimate Olympics don't officially start until next Friday the 23rd. But you've got to love the Olympics. Over 10,000 athletes from over 200 com- uh, countries will be competing in Tokyo for the games. Billions of people all over the world will be tuning in to watch. The Olympics are a very big deal. They always have been, maybe even much more so than they are today. The ancient games started out as part of a religious festival honoring the Greek god Zeus. Of course they didn't have events such as three on three basketball or bad bitten or beach volleyball and they didn't have you know skateboarding or table tennis either no they had about a half dozen events mostly wrestling boxing and of course running lots and lots of running sprints marathons you know i used to be a long distance runner myself I got into it by accident. It was the first day of PE in high school, and the gym teacher took us out to the track, and he told us to run the mile. Now, I personally had no idea how far a mile was, and so when he said, go, I went, and I ran, and I ran, and I ran, until he told me to stop. And this might be hard to believe, but I actually finished first, long time ago. But I remember being completely wiped out and thinking that if I had only known how far I was going to be running, I would have paced myself and went a little slower. But I finished strong that day, and my reward was this. I was told that I was now on the cross-country team. (laughs) Whatever that was, I I went to a small grade school, I didn't know what cross-country was. And sure enough, after school that day, I was given a uniform and then told to run many more miles. And after a long, grueling, cross-country season of running and running and running, I made a promise to myself that I would do something easier next year. And I did. I played football. But running the race, it's a theme that the Apostle Paul picked up on and used a few times, as well as did the author of Hebrews, Writing, "'Let us throw off everything that so easily entangles, and let us run with perseverance the race marked out for us.'" And Paul writes, "'Do you not know that in a race all the runners run, but only one gets the prize?' "'Run in such a way as to get the prize.'" And then again, from the reading I just read, uh, Paul's letter to the Philippians, press on toward the goal to win the prize which God has called us heavenward in Christ Jesus. Well, I'd like to pick up on that theme this morning. Press on. Run the race. It fits well with life, with all of life, but especially with our life of faith. It's more of a long-distance run than it is a sprint, it's a marathon. And the marathon has an interesting bit of history. It's a foot race that honors a Greek soldier who in 490 BC ran a little over 26 miles to report victory at the Battle of Marathon. And supposedly saying upon arrival, joy, we won, he dropped over dead. Not sure if you've heard this one uh, on Christmas Eve. And so if you are here then, or watching at home, then I guess you'll have to hear it again. But I used an illustration on Christmas Eve from Tim Keller about running a race and what that all means, especially in connection to our Savior Jesus Christ. But he says, imagine two racetracks kind of side by side, and Jesus has a racetrack and you have a racetrack. At the end of Jesus' racetrack is the victory circle, and there's a podium with a big number one champion banner on it because Jesus runs the perfect race. He never stumbles, never falls, he runs it perfectly, never knocks down one of the hurdles, he's swift and perfect and poetry in motion. And at the end of Jesus' race, there is a crown and a gold medal, and there is a trophy waiting for him. And by the way, kids, that is your code word for today. It's trophy, all right? Now, let's take a look at your race course. And you look at your race, and what do you see? Well, first of all, you're running in the wrong direction you're stumbling and knocking down every hurdle you're all tangled up in them and sometimes you even try to cut across the field and try to cheat you grumble and you gripe the whole way and you're you're slow and out of shape and slow a foot and you kind of trip other people and push others to get yourself a little farther ahead and the bible says that what's waiting at the end for people who run races like that is a chopping block. It's a death sentence. It's a hangman's noose. Now, imagine that Jesus comes to the end of his race and what's waiting for him are all the prizes. But suddenly, he switches tracks and he cuts in front of you and goes over to your finish line, and he puts his head on the chopping block, and he's killed. He takes your punishment, and then the lights go out. Your circle goes dark. Then, when the lights go on, you see that you're on his track. And you're actually standing on his podium you are the champion. You've got the crown and the gold medal and you're holding the big trophy. You see, Jesus didn't pick up those prizes for himself. He left them there for you. The gifts are for you. That's the very first thing we need to hold close in our hearts that Jesus run and won the race for us. We won. Joy is ours. God made him who had no sin to be sin for us so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. It's the great switcheroo. We lost the battle, but Jesus runs the race. He drops over dead. We win he gives us the victory. The joy is ours. When it comes to salvation, the gold medal is ours, because Jesus saves. Do you know the story that goes with this picture? It was a couple of years ago, so I forgot who sent it to me, but if you're listening, thank you. The title of the article reads, Minnesota runner with Jesus Saves bib saved by nurse named Jesus after collapsing during race. I'll report it to you briefly. When 25-year-old Tyler Moon opted to have Jesus Saves printed on his Twin Cities racing bib instead of his name, he had no idea how prophetic those words would be. On October 6th, He lined up with the other runners, and he was feeling great and ready to run. As the race progressed, he was running eight-minute miles and going strong. But by the eighth mile, something went wrong. Doctors would later identify the problem in a regular heartbeat. For ten seconds, Tyler's heart stopped beating, stopped pumping blood, and he had a heart attack and he fell face down in the street, he was out cold. Behind him, though, was a man named Jesse Bueno. He goes by Jesse, but his legal name is spelled J-E-S-U-S, pronounced Jesus. Bueno is a nurse and anesthetist who helped perform CPR on Tyler until paramedics arrived. Thankfully, Tyler's life was saved, and he made a full recovery. He said, I'm a Christian, and so when I originally put Jesus saves, I was hoping to make a statement that would point people to Jesus and to the truth. It's pretty fitting after everything that happened. Truly, Jesus saves. We are saved. Only by the grace of God and what Jesus has done for us. The gold medal is ours. It's more than good news. Without Him, we're dead. But because of Christ's perfect run and our connection to Him, we are the champions, my friend. We are the champions. We are the champions. You know you're singing in your head now. No, we are the champions of the world. And that's very true. However, champions in Christ do not, or should not anyway, rest on their laurels. Are you familiar with that phrase? It's an oldie, like really old. In ancient Greeks, winning athletes were given laurel wreaths, not gold medals to wear. There were signs of great accomplishment until you started resting on them. To rest on your laurels means that you get lazy or complacent about what you could achieve because you're too busy basking in the memories of former glories. No, we press on and go forward. That is what so much of this message series is about. It's about engagement. Get in the game in all of life's events. Are you using your God-given gifts to his glory, or are they wasting away? Are you on the sidelines, or are you running the race with perseverance? Press on. And take hold of what Christ has given you. Forgetting what is behind and straining toward what is ahead. You see, what Paul is getting at is grace. Paul got grace. Paul really got grace. He grasped the Full meaning of the gospel because Paul had been an enemy of Christ. He was the ringleader in rounding up Christians for the slaughter. And along comes Jesus, and he encounters Paul on the road, and he completely turned his life around. Paul got the love of Jesus, and that's why he was able to forget the past and move on toward the future. You see, in order to run well, you got to go forward. Running backwards won't get you far. Running backwards isn't the way we're supposed to run. I know, we all wish that we could go backwards and kind of clean up the past. We have our regrets, times when we said the wrong thing or did the wrong thing, we hurt someone, we made the wrong move. None of us can say that we've always been kind and always loving and always forgiving. None of us can say that we've always been patient or we've always been truthful. None of us have been free from anger or envy. None of us have run the perfect race. And all of us are left with sadness of what has been done and really can't be undone. Paul Tripp writes, that's why all of us should daily celebrate the grace that frees us from the regret of the past. And this freedom is not the freedom of denial. It's not the freedom of rewriting our history. No, it is the freedom of forgiving and transforming grace. This grace welcomes us to to live with hope in the presence because it frees us to leave the past behind. All of what we look back on and would like to do over has been fully covered by the blood of Christ. You're good. We no longer need to carry the burden of our past on our shoulders So we are free to fully give ourselves to what God has called us to in the here and now. Because of Jesus, we are free from the past. We are free to run. See, Paul knew that Jesus knew everything about his past. His past was a wreck. And yet, he was completely forgiven and loved by Christ that's why he could move forward do you get the gospel do you understand that god knows everything about you the good the bad and the ugly stuff too and yet two of my favorite words of the bible and yet loves you without condition known and loved That's you. The gospel isn't about how much you know. It's about being known by God. The gospel isn't about how much you can love. No, it's about how much God loves you. And the two are related. This is exactly what Paul's getting at. You can know someone without loving them. But you can't really love someone without knowing them, known and loved. That's you. That's the gospel. That's grace. Uh, let me give it to you this way with an explanation from David Zal. I love this. He says, imagine I locked my dog and my wife in the trunk of my car. Isn't that a great start to an illustration? Imagine, I I keep forgetting, I've been thinking about this all week long. I said, what? Imagine I locked my dog and my wife in the trunk of my car. After an hour, only one of them is going to be glad to see me. (laughs) Right? This is like genius stuff, I love this. The dog's love Is unconditional, but it's ignorant. It doesn't know what I've done, right? My wife's love, on the other hand, is slightly more tenuous. She knows what I've done, and it can't help but affect her feelings for me, at least in the moment. Now, perhaps we think God is like our dog, that he loves us as long as he doesn't know what we've done. Or perhaps we think God is like our spouse, where he knows too much to feel good about us. The miracle of God's love is this. He knows us and he loves us. That's the gospel, that's grace. And when you get the gospel, you can't help but smile. You can't help but run. You were born to run. So you keep striving. It's okay when you stumble. You keep persevering. It's okay when you fall. You press on. You see, Paul wasn't content to just get the prize of salvation and then drop out of the race. And many Christians do that. They get the baptism. They get connected to Jesus. They get confirmed. They know they're saved, they're destined for heaven. And then they rest on their laurels. And they drop out of the race and head for the couch. They really miss out on something very wonderful. They miss out on a life of discipleship. As Dietrich Bonhoeffer put it, grace is simply the free offer of discipleship, and discipleship is the application of grace. You can't have one without the other, but this is often misunderstood. Discipleship is grace lived out. You see, we are not just saved from something, We're also saved for something. See, we are saved from sin, death, uh, hell. That's what we're saved from. But we're also saved for something. For what? For discipleship. And discipleship really is just a life spent loving God and loving everybody else. That's discipleship in a nutshell. Salvation is a free gift, but discipleship is this lifelong journey of dedicating ourselves to become a little bit more each day like Christ. It's straining toward what is ahead it's hard because we think at it it's movement though right it's pressing toward the goal which god has called us heavenward see we're on our way you see the gospel is what we take in we eat the gospel the gospel is the breakfast lunch Dinner of champions. The gospel is what's on our training table. It's what we eat. It's what fuels us. And then, after we eat, we take off running. We run by faith, right? And what we burn off is the spirit of Christ. That's what works. Eat the gospel. Move. Do. Active. And you burn off grace. You burn off the Spirit of Christ and you produce love, joy, peace, patience, goodness, kindness, gentleness, faithfulness, self control. Zoom! You're off running and people see the effects but let me caution you, pace yourself. As I said from the start, running this race is more of a marathon than it is a sprint. Here's what it can look like in real life. Let's say that you have a problem with gossiping. All right, you know it. And if you can't stop gossiping altogether cold turkey, Then gossip less today. If you can't stop yourself from yelling at your kids all the time, which is some kind of weird, misplaced anger thing you've got going on, and so you're constantly yelling at your kids, then aim to yell a little less today. If you can't be perfectly honest, then keep yourself from lying today. You see how that works? You press on, press on, press on. You keep trying today. And again tomorrow, always asking for the Lord to help you to do even better. Keep fueling on forgiveness and keep eating up the gospel because that's what you need more than anything. It's the gospel is the thing that changes us. You follow the footsteps of the Lord Jesus who ran the race perfectly. He won the prize, and that is given to us by grace through faith. It's ours. It's settled. It's done. Don't worry. Jesus ran the race, carrying a cross all the way up the heartbreak hill. And he did it without any cheering, no fanfare, no glory. And the devil tried his best to get Jesus to drop out. And he was tempted to quit. And the onlookers mocked him the whole way. They spit on him as he was running that race. But Jesus pressed on. He pressed on, get this, for you. Let us run the race with perseverance. The race marked out for us. Let us fix our eyes on Jesus, who for the joy set before him endured the cross. Consider him who endured such opposition from sinners, that's putting it nicely, so that you will not grow weary and lose heart. That's how you not grow weary. Are you weary? Are you losing heart? Okay. Fix your eyes on Jesus. You feel like dropping out? Fix your eyes on Jesus. You keep your focus on the cross and grace will abound. Because it's so much easier to confess your sins, honestly and freely, when you behold your savior on the cross. And it's so much harder to be a jerk, to be ungracious, to be unforgiving, to be unloving. When you're looking at Jesus on the cross, it's almost impossible. Fix your eyes on Jesus. Eat up the gospel. Burn off grace You were born to run, so run, press on, press on, press on.